Delane Braze reporting for duty, the source for fitness and food education with a noble purpose. Fasten your seatbelts and hold on to your carrots. You're listening to Delane Braze Radio Show at DelaneBraze.com. We are Avengers of Health. Welcome, Braze. I'm Ron Jones with Enid Whitaker, the managing director of the Bonnie Pruden Institute of Myotherapy in Tucson, Arizona. And we are the Lean Berets. We're doing a show today on the Krauss-Weber test, which is a minimum muscular fitness test created in the 1940s. So for those of you that don't know Bonnie Pruden and Krauss-Weber, we're going to give you a nice introduction today on what that's all about. And welcome back, Enid. Thank you. Now, we just did a, another show that we'll also post on uh, Bonnie Pruden's history. We're going to repeat a little bit of that. But this show in particular, we're going to focus in a little bit more on the KW test, and that's short for Krauss-Weber, Dr. Hans Krauss and Dr. Sonia Weber, uh, Austrian physicians that came over um, in the late 1930s. And they formed a posture clinic and did all kinds of work on back pain prevention, and Bonnie Pruden got involved in that. So get some of my notes out here. Um, we talked a little bit in the other show about the KW test. And just to give you a, a snippet of the other show, uh, Bonnie Pruden is an American fitness icon and was a very elite uh, rock climber. And that's how she became associated with Dr. Hans Krauss, who was also quite a mountaineer and climber. And um, Bonnie was interested in, in fitness for her daughters and the, the neighborhood children. And Krauss was interested in testing kids for uh, postural muscles, uh, strength and flexibility, so they formed a relationship that went on quite a while and ended you know, changing the history of our country because this ties into President Eisenhower and all kinds of history. But um, let's talk about what is the KW test, and you know better than most people. You've done it for 40 years, and it's still valid today. And, and by the way, we'll just really quickly fast forward and say we're, we're running it again at the Lean Brace. We're doing it with kids and adults right now. So what is it? Well, the way it got started was with Krauss and Weber. Right. Who were, uh, had um, patients, mothers and fathers, bringing their kids in with posture problems mm-hmm. and wondering why they had these problems. So they developed this test to figure out why they had the problems and what to do about them. Mm-hmm. So it's a minimum test for key posture muscles, which means that if your key posture muscles are in good shape, then you should be able to walk around and every day and have a good day without feeling um, tired and, and lousy and mm-hmm. like. Right. So this test, not to confuse it with other types of testing, it's not some like high-level athletic, uh, world-class rock climbing fitness test. It's just minimum standards for postural strength and flexibility. Right. Right. So this this test is designed for everyone it's not just athletes. everyone from six months to 106 or more <laughs> <laughs> all right and dr hans kraus formed this with dr sonia weber right and that was around 39 when um, they went to yep, the posture 30, clinic 39 40 yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he noticed in world war ii that there was a new phenomenon developing called back pain or chronic right. back pain, and that wasn't really an issue before World War II. Right, so then they formed the back clinic, mm-hmm. um, and they had um, Krauss and Weber and a few other doctors from the area, from Presbyterian and Columbia 
hospitals, mm-hmm. and um, they began looking at the people that came in with backache, and they found that most of them, like 90%, didn't have anything really wrong with them mm-hmm. when they took the x-rays. So right. if they didn't have anything wrong with them, patho- no pathology, what did they have? Why couldn't they stand up, and why did they have pain? And what they figured was that they didn't have the musculature that they should. So mm-hmm. they, um, so they put together a series of exercises that would um, relax and strengthen the muscles and keep them flexible. Mm-hmm. And when the people were good about doing their exercises, the pain disappeared. Mm-hmm. And when they stopped doing them, pain came back. Then when they restarted, the pain would go away again. So as long as they kept doing the exercises that were prescribed for them, mm-hmm. they felt fine. So when people talk about back pain today, it seems to be associated with some kind of hard structural issue, like a disc or a vertebrae. And then, of course, there's a fusion and a surgery that follows that. Um, and to, to let you know, this is still really valid because uh, the last physician that Dr. Krauss mentored was Dr. Marcus from New York. And he has a, a fairly new book out the last couple of years, How to End Back Pain Forever. And he brings in the latest research and evidence and basically validates what Krauss was talking about with Weber back in 1939. Right. And he still uses the test and the exercises and the correctives. And so. I can't remember what the statistics are about the failures of back surgery, but mm-hmm. I think it's like half of the people that have back surgery still have pain. Yeah, and so the bottom line point is with the KW test, they're testing for those minimum postural muscles mm-hmm. for strength and flexibility. Most of back pain is not caused by a hard structural issue, like right. a disc or a vertebrae. It's caused by soft tissue muscle tendons. But we don't do a good job addressing that in this country as a root cause. Right. The right way. There are people that do all kinds of crazy exercises, but these are real, they're very specific for correcting um Deficiencies. Yeah, what the, what what they what they test in the Krauss Weber is abdominals, psoas, upper back, lower back, and then back and hamstring flexibility. So it's a group of muscles. It's not one muscle. Right. It's the it's the posture muscles that keep you upright and able to move comfortably throughout your day. So there are six tests. There are five that are basically strength tests, and only one for flexibility. Right. And most back pain comes from Um, weak abdominals and tight hamstrings. Mm -hmm. So if you correct the weak abdominals and you stretch the tight hamstrings, your back pain is probably going to disappear. Right. And and it doesn't take that long for most people. Right. Um, One of the reasons I'm over here this weekend is to figure out the KW testing, um, the specifics of it and the correctives. And Bonnie Pruden, and her style was very, um, as we talked about in the other show, simplistic without making people feel stupid. She just knew what people were willing to do and stripped it down to the the bare essence of what needed to be done. And so she has her own version of correctives, and that's basically what we're using. Um, There are more if you really get into it with all of Krauss's uh, 21 drills, but that's a lot of stuff to do. I've used it since 1970. Right. In all kinds of schools, mostly in New Hampshire, which is where I lived at the time. Mm-hmm. I would go in with my my teachers, my helpers. We'd test the school. We'd give them the corrective exercises. They'd do them in the classroom every day. And then three months wait, later, we'd test them again. Mm-hmm. 
usually, for instance, if they had a 50% failure, by the end of, of um, three months, they had a 25% failure. Mm. And then at the end of six more, uh, three more months, they would be down to like a 10 or 15% failure. In just a few minutes a day. In a few minutes a day. So what ended up happening when uh, uh, Bonnie met Krauss, um, Krauss found out that Bonnie had basically testing children that could be his uh, guinea pig, so to mm-hmm. speak, and so she started testing all these kids. And... She, she tested the kids, and, and when she fa- found that the new children coming into her classes failed at, at about 58%, and the kids that had been with her for a while only failed at 7%, she said to herself, America is in trouble. So she went and she told Krauss what she found, and he said, you must be doing it wrong. Mm. And she said, well, you come over and test them then. Mm-hmm. So he went over and he tested, and he found out she was right. And he said, can you test a school? Yes. Can you test a town? Yes. So she started with, she trained some of her adult students, and um, they tested every kid between 6 and 16 they could get their hands on. And then... Um, people started sending, uh, the Y's started sending their personnel, and she would train them, and they would go back mm-hmm. and test people in their communities. Right, because this was eventually adopted by the YMCA mm-hmm. nationwide, and that program ran for over a decade, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. And it reached, I think, 300,000 people right. is what I read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is this is big-time national news. Most of the people today in the fitness business probably never even heard of this. But it's really worth looking into, and it's got a rich history, and we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just need to dust it off a little bit and start using it again. Now, what's really fascinating, um, when we ask about, well, why, you know, we didn't have chronic back pain until World War II and thereafter, what happened? Well, if you know anything about the history of fitness, you know the golden era was from 1885 to about 1920, and around 1920 is when we had that shift away from the medical gymnastics, the restorative physical education, the corrective type drills before we went into sport, and we started doing sports and, and games instead. And that's really when we started moving worse. Well, Bonnie Pruden was raised in an environment that was still using those old systems from Germany and uh, Finland, and she was exposed to the, the Turner Halls and, and the uh, off-the-ground training and the calisthenics. And so she had all that plus her classical dance background. So those kids that were testing so much better we're all exposed to that. And and therein lies the problem and the solution. Because if we want to have a strong back and pass a simple test like this, we need to train differently. Bonnie said if you could um, build, that the body is built between birth and six. Mm-hmm. So if you train the children in preschool and kindergarten in first, second, third grade, then they would keep those, they would they would have fun moving because they could move. Mm-hmm. And what, and she said, once you once you got them, they won't stop moving, mm. and so they would continue getting better and better. But most of our schools, they don't get any gym till junior high or high school, and it's too late. Like formal gym, yeah. And then it's not really physical education, right? Yeah, right. Mm. And then the other thing that she said was, if you could um, teach the thirteen-year-old girl that babies needed to be exercised mm-hmm. with every diaper change because they're the ones that are going to have the babies, mm-hmm. that that would make a big difference. So classroom exercise and girls 13, if, if those things were known, that's how I, I kind of met Bonnie on TV 
she was on the Art Linkletter show. Mm-hmm. And I happened to turn it on, and my son was three months old at the time. Oh. And she was doing baby exercise. So I started doing... She said, you should do it with every diaper change. So with every diaper change, I was doing the exercise. Hmm. So my son grew up doing Bonnie's exercise. Right, which would lead those kids to be able to pass something like oh, the yeah. KW test mm-hmm. because they were trained to move properly. Mm-hmm. And if you're... If you enjoy movement, you'll move more, and then you'll hopefully you'll have a better back when you go to do some kind of test like this. So um, they had this relationship. They started testing local people. It ended up being a major study where they tested thousands of people in America and Europe. And how many people did they test here and in, in Europe, uh, uh, roughly? It was quite a few. Yeah, it was like um, 6,000 here and three or 4,000 in, in Europe, something mm-hmm. like that. And they put that into a study. Put it into a study, started writing about it in medical journals and, mm-hmm. and so forth. And then in 1955, they got a letter from the White House from Eisenhower asking if they could come and give their report. And so they went ahead and uh, Bonnie told Eisenhower the statistics and talked him through the through the test mm-hmm. and um, and then Dr. Krauss gave the medical implications of not enough exercise which is the epidemic that we see today right and then it came out in every newspaper it was Eisenhower said he, he was shocked and so it became known as the report that shocked the president or the shape of the nation right both of those were used. And Bonnie Pruden was on the ground floor, literally in the same room with Eisenhower explaining. She was sitting across the table from him. How to do the test. Yeah. And, and Mr. President, if you can picture yourself lying on this table and I hold your feet down and your hands are behind your head, could you sit up once? Mm-hmm. Yes, he said. Mm-hmm. Now, if I bend your knees, can you sit up again? Yes. Well, XDX number of kids can't do that. Right, and, and he was shocked. She, yes, and she went on and completed it. And, and so, um, you know, we'll recall that Eisenhower was a general in, in, in the armed forces, so there was a um, uh, concern during this period of American history about the, the Soviet Union escalating their military force. So um, what's interesting, when you look at fitness history, you'll see spikes of fitness history post-World War I, and those spikes always occur along a period of national security concern. So we saw a nice spike in fitness during World War II, and then we started sliding again. And then around the time this report came out and the Cuban Missile Crisis, there was another couple little spikes. And then pretty much after Kennedy uh, administration, we haven't seen anything significant. Kennedy asked for 15 minutes and couldn't even get it. 15 minutes a day he and wanted. That was in the early 60s, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and basically, well, Bonnie resigned from the President's Council on Fitness after three years because she said that it was all talk and no action, and that the people that she met with once a year at a um, facility of a couple of hundred people, most of them were partly responsible for the problem in the first place, like the soft drink people and mm-hmm. cereal people and right. medicos and mm-hmm. recreation and girl and boy scouts all of those people they weren't they didn't have a background in the basics right um, as opposed to being the solution they were more 
of the problem. Yeah, they they were the problem. Right. And then they didn't like the Cross Weber test. They said it was too easy. It didn't really test American skills. Mm-hmm. And um, and they fought they fought them tooth and nail. They called them unpatriotic. And but then they fought over the tests that each one of them wanted to do, and they never could come to any, you know. Right. Real conclusions about what should be done. So really nothing ever was done. It's really interesting when you look at the politics of this because it, it created quite a national stir for years. And I uh, was looking through the archival information here this weekend and there's a whole huge three ring binder full of KW publicity over this test. And I'm I'm looking at the the arguments and the and the the headlines of the articles. It's the same stuff people are arguing about today. Which, from what I know about Bonnie, she she was a very action oriented person, and she'd rather just take the bull by the horns and do it herself than to to waste a lot of time in a group that wasn't going to accomplish much anyway. So, it took a lot of guts to walk away from something like that after three years. But then she proceeded to really. Um, do her thing with the KW and and continue to use it throughout her career. Yeah, and not only that, what she did was, since she had to walk away from a lot of things because uh, they either weren't doing anything or they were doing the wrong thing, Mm -hmm. she started to write books. Mm -hmm. And she wrote one, How to Keep Your Child Fit from Birth to Six, Six to Twelve, Teenage Fitness, Family Fitness, Baby Swim, after 30, after 50, right. she she wrote something for every population. Mm-hmm. Her focus was really on the family. Right. And I think you mentioned the other show that um, she felt like if, if people had the tools and the knowledge, they could take care of themselves, mm-hmm. and that's the way it should be, mm-hmm. first and foremost. But her main focus was on the kids. Right, because that's where it has to start if it's going to continue. Right. And... And the... And the and the person that has, you know, the family that has um, a fit mother and father is going to have a fit kid. Right. They're going to, if the, if, the, if the mother and father ski, the kids are going to ski. If they play tennis, they're going to play tennis. Right. Typically, children do what their parents do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they learn by watching. Monkey see, monkey do. Um, more on the politics, this was viewed by some people as anti-American, but what's interesting is that Bonnie Pruden was very patriotic, and her her higher noble purpose for her work and her life was to to help Americans to help people feel better, right, and be happier. And she was very concerned uh, over the initial test results that we would not be prepared to keep our lifestyle going. Right. And Krauss fleeing Austria <laughs> when Hitler was coming to power, and his whole family uh, and what they went through. He was quite patriotic as well. He tried to enlist and serve in the, the military, especially in that part of Europe, because he was so familiar with the mountain passes. I think passes. he tried to enlist four times, and they wouldn't let him. Right. And they, it, uh, I was reading some of his writings, and they actually called him a Nazi at some point for, for the, over the test, mm-hmm. because they said it was you know an anti-American, anti-patriotic thing. But in reality, they were just trying to bring... Awareness. Awareness to the problem so we could fix it. And the, um, Bonnie said, too, she didn't like to criticize if she couldn't be part of the solution or come up yeah, with she, a better plan, right? She, she said there's no sense in complaining if you can't come up with a plan to fix the problem. Right. So when they were posting the test results, they already had the solutions. They already had the solutions, They had yeah. it figured out. Yeah. 
And reading into Krauss's history deeper, um, there's a book out called The Secret Doctor JFK. It's an interesting read, and it goes into his life and mountaineering and, and a little bit about Bonnie, too. Um, but he was quite the, uh, not just a physician, but he was, he was really an exercise scientist. He was. He, he was called, I've read in some accounts, that he was called the first uh, sports medicine doctor. Mm -hmm. In America, because in Austria they have a whole different training for physicians mm -hmm. than they do here. They have to know sports and they have to know muscles. Mm -hmm. So he, I believe, he was really a fracture doctor. But when he came here, he didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So he um, mostly concentrated on the exercises. Hmm. And he was pretty adamant about the the quality exercises, the form, um, and I've seen enough of Bonnie's material to know she's quite knowledgeable about the form and the structure of things too because that's you know stuff like anything if you have the quality you're going to get more out of it right right yeah so it wasn't just flopping around they no. were <laughs> it was specific exercises for a specific reason for a specific muscle as I found out yesterday when I was getting schooled by Enid <laughs> on the finer details of those corrective drills and I thought I had done a pretty good job reading into them but I mean you really have to get to the source and and my thing is I want to be as accurate as I possibly can be because I, I know it worked. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I just need to do it the same way. And so that's that's where we're moving forward from. Um, but you guys went on to checking my notes here. Um, as Bonnie moved forward and she decided to take action into her own hands, uh, eventually you got to the point in 1985 that you did some retesting with schools. So remember in 1954 when that KW study was published, we had a failure rate of 58% right. with American kids. So what did you find in 1985? So in 1985, the Senate asked her to come and, and, and you know, speak before the Senate committee on uh, children and health and some, alcohol abuse or something like some that. Some 30 years later. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we sent out a call to all of our myotherapists throughout the country that had trained with Bonnie. She said, test anything you can get your hands on between ages of 6 and 16 mm -hmm. and send it in to us. So they did. And I don't remember exactly how many w were tested, but there was an 85% failure. So we went from 58% to 85%. 85 in, in, in 1985. And the um, back pain rate is it correlates with it. Oh, really? Adult back pain, 85%. So if it's gone up since then, back pain is probably more too. Someone reported to me a few weeks ago that um, over 80% of the kids, 18, I think it was 18 to 22 or 18 to 24, I can't remember what the range was, but basically first few years out of high school were having some kind of back problems. Well, you've probably seen the articles that, that say that the backpacks are responsible for their back pain, mm -hmm. the kids in school. Mm-hmm. Well, it may be because they're so weak they can't carry a backpack. But they should be able to. Of course they should be able to. The right. Swiss kids still carry their backpacks, still walk to school, still walk home from school. Mm -hmm. and they, they, don't, they don't have back pain. And uh, for generations, I don't know if they still do, but I think you mentioned yesterday that they, they would walk home for lunch as well. Right. I think they do still. So, yeah, a lot of walking, a lot more uh, fitness activity. Another thing related to this, so you know, the KW test, uh, Krauss-Weber test, yes, it's test, testing the, the strength and flexibility of those, those core 
center postural type muscles. But let's talk a, talk a little bit more about posture. What did Bonnie say about posture? Um, she probably said a lot about it, but what does she feel about it and how does she describe it and get people it, to understand it? Well, what she used to say was that the teenage boy can't stand up without his hands in his pocket mm-hmm. and the teenage girl can't stand up without her hands crossed about across her chest. Mm-hmm. And because you form those muscles mm-hmm. at the beginning. So so the the way a kid stands and feels shows what the what he's like. You you can look at a dozen kids and you can pretty much tell what they're like just be the way they're standing. Mm-hmm. You know the kid that's gonna stand up for himself, you know the kid that's gonna shrink behind the Right. You know, the chair. Body language says a lot. Body language, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is kind of a, a sidebar, but the uh, there's a whole thing we're working on with the the school furniture and how kids sit in schools today versus you know back in the day, and a lot has changed. And basically, we're creating a lot of these um, postural deviations. Yes, we're weak, but I. I don't know that we're creating them, mm-hmm. other than that we're not doing anything, that we're not walking and we're not moving. We're enough. not moving enough. Yeah. Um, because I don't know if you've seen the thing on TV where now they're buying desks for the kids over in Africa because they had to sit on the floor. But there wasn't anything wrong with the kids that had to sit on the floor. They were nice and straight and tall. <laughs> now, now we're ruining could, them like American kids. Yeah, now they're going to be ruined. Um but it's kind of like people would ask Bonnie, well, how shall I sleep? Shall I sleep on my back or my side? She said, you should be able to sleep any way that you want. Right. Just like a child. Right. And so posture should be a thing that is developed along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're, a, a baby crawls and then it stands up finally and then it walks. There's nothing wrong with that baby except that the mother puts it in a playpen and in a car seat and in a toy seat and wraps it up and puts it in the crib again. We were talking about that uh, earlier where we seem to be raised in some kind of box. (laughs) You know, we're in a playpen and then we're in a a play seat and then we're in the car quite a bit of the time. Bonnie used to say that that a toddler hadn't done anything at the end of the day that an 80-year-old man with arthritis couldn't have done. (laughs) And now we go to work and sit in a a cube. Mm A cube all day. And you know? I don't think it's... The ergonomics, I don't think, have anything to do with it. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because if you have an ergonomically correct chair, that means you're not going to move at all. You're going to sit in the same position because it's more comfortable. It's ergonomically right. Mm-hmm. When it, when if you had to get up and move around, you'd be much better off. So really, if we get to the more of the root cause of, of why the failure rates are increasing with the Krauss-Weber postural test for minimal standards, it's it's a lack of movement. Right. I mean, more than anything. More than anything. Right. Yeah. Um, so today... You know, if you're so weak that you that you get tired wrapping your Christmas presents, there's something wrong. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I, I have noticed in my observations the last few years, uh, now that I'm more aware of this, um, and posture, and by the way, there's no one perfect posture. It changes all the time, so it's just it's just something that sets you up for your next movement. If you want to simplify that, but there are a number of people that 
don't have the strength to even stand up and support their own body weight. So I've noticed more and more people trying to lean on something because they literally can't support their own body weight anymore. That's true. And that's why Bonnie used to say that boys can't stand up without putting their hands in their pockets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They'll lean on a table, they'll lean on a chair, they'll lean on the wall. I mean, I think some people do that once in a while no matter what. But but they're getting pain sooner too. Right. One of the guys that I work with, he mentioned uh, he was doing some Cub Scout work and one of the little nine-year-olds was holding his back, complaining of his back hurting. So that was the last thing I would be thinking about at nine. You know, but we're seeing more and more of that. So if we fast forward today, um, there are a few of us out there learning about this and, and the value of it and starting to run the test again. And if you had the test today, what would the uh, failure rate be? Because 85, well, that was a while ago. Yeah. I mean, I've read like 85 to 100%, you know. I know that. Most of the people that come to me because they have pain can't pass the test. Mm -hmm. So you're still running the test with yes. your myotherapy clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing wrong with the test. Just because it was invented or put together in 1940 doesn't mean it's not valid. Because we still have the same muscles. Right. We haven't changed much as, a, as people. Right. I mean, we've gotten a little bit bigger. But in terms of our structure, mm -hmm. we're, I mean, that hasn't changed a whole lot over thousands of years. And there, the test only takes 90 seconds to give. Mm -hmm. And everybody says, well, I don't have any time to do anything. So 90 seconds isn't all that long. <laughs> Almost anybody could give the test if they right. focused on it. Mm -hmm. It's not hard to correct the test. Part of the problem with the President's Council on Fitness tests was they tested everybody with a test that was too hard for everybody. They didn't prepare them for it, and they didn't follow up with any corrective. So... Most of all the kids that took it failed and felt bad about themselves. So let's make that distinction because the President's Fitness Council test was not the Cross-Weber test. It's a completely That's different correct. test. Correct. Cross-Weber test only tests postural muscles right. and, and the flexibility and strength of those muscles. Right. Where the President's Fitness Council test was looking, they're probably looking at running. and They're pulling. looking at running and throwing the baseball right. and doing chin-ups and push-ups and all of those things. Well, if you can't do one sit-up, how are you going to do any of those other things. Right. It takes a lot of good postural strength to do a proper push-up. There's something I learned doing college football conditioning is that um, they were very strong, but they no one could do a push-up. 60 guys in the field, and I didn't see one proper military-grade, good spine health type push-up position. Well, Bonnie always used to make us do our push-ups. Um, we, we would start flat on the ground with our hands behind our back, and then we'd push up once. And then we would come down all the way and put our hands behind our back. Really? Because, yes, because she said it's the initial push mm -hmm. from the floor that's the hardest, just like getting a car going if you're pushing it. Oh. Once you get it going, you, it right. can go. But it's the first you know, mm -hmm. few inches that are the hardest. And that's how she made, used to make us do our push-ups. How many would you do? Oh, do I have to say? <laughs> <laughs> She probably made you do a few of them. Well, that's it. it it's just fascinating. It, it's just, and there are a lot of things like the Cross Weber in history, if you look, that have a very high amount of value. They were very well thought out. The methodology is clean. The studies are there. Um, it's easy to um, correlate. I mean, right. It's easy to 
figure out the results right there's a whole group oh there are, you know we've looked at the archives i and i had seen some of them before i came over to tucson to look through all of bonnie uh, bonnie's materials but there were countless magazines and articles and books that had kw articles in them and the, the pictures of how to do the test and people were trained how to do it with their children at home and it was something that was used well on a popular level what up to about 1990 is when the y discontinued yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think, like, the Wise had Bonnie's um, baby swim program. She started baby swim programs in this country. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. in the Detroit Y. She hmm. had a friend out there, and she went out to see what they were doing. They invited her out to give a lecture, and she's walking around. She They show her the pool, and she says, there's nobody in it. <laughs> and he said, well, they all come in after school. And she said, but you're losing money. Right. Well, what do we do? Well, you get a teacher, you get a baby and a mother, and the Detroit Press. Mm. So that's what they did. Oh, really? And in two days, they had so many kids signed up for baby swim, they didn't know what to do. So she was doing uh, toddler swimming with her children before anybody did it then. Is Be that, is before, that... before they can walk, they can swim. And I don't mean doing the crawl or anything, but bo babies are born with a reflex right. that cuts the glottal reflex so mm -hmm. they don't inhale water. Mm -hmm. And if you put them face down under the water, in warm water, they'll start making frog-like movements. Oh, really? Hmm. So they don't inhale, and they make these, and they also have the grip reflex. Mm -hmm. If you put your finger in a baby's palm, it will grip Right. So the whole thing with the baby swim was not to make them swim, but to make them water-wise. Mm -hmm. Because most children drown in silence, mm. in not very much water. Oh. In a bathtub, in a pail, in a gutter. Mm -hmm. um, you don't fall out into the middle of the pool. You fall beside the side of the pool. So the whole thing was um, teach the child, no matter how old, and we started at three weeks, um, that if they fell into the water, they would they would come up, turn around, grab onto the side of the pool, and yell. Oh, so that was all part of the curriculum. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, that's fascinating. Another layer of Bonnie Proof. Another layer. The KW test, just one of many. <laughs> so, um, as Bonnie, uh, we'll kind of repeat a little bit of the last show. As Bonnie uh, entered the last few decades of her life, she. Uh, had been the full gamma with all the fitness programming, and then she got more into the trigger point release, and that's where myotherapy was formed, which is a pressure point type yeah, trigger point pressure release. Pressure to trigger points and re-education of the muscle with corrective exercise. Mm -hmm. And what she was really trying to do was save her second hip. Mm -hmm. And um, we, uh, we got some anatomy books, and um, she was on the kitchen table, and I had my black marker, and I would try to find the trigger points and then wherever I found one I'd mark it mm -hmm. and that's how we started so over a period of four years experimenting on one another and and trying things on friends she came up with this whole formula for uh, getting rid of trigger points doing the corrective exercise and erasing the muscle pain in any part of the body as long as it's muscle related pain mm -hmm. myotherapy will work Right. So it really optimizes the results or the, the passing of the KW test. You can take the KW test um, 
do some corrective strength exercises, but you might have some trigger points holding you back. Right. So that can help you, you know, get those muscles to full length and then be able to strengthen them properly. If, if you can't touch the floor, chances are there are a lot of trigger points in your hamstrings. Mm-hmm. So if we te- test you prior to a myotherapy treatment and you're four inches from the floor and then do the myotherapy, do the passive exercise, and then have you do the corrective exercise and retest, mm-hmm. Chances are you're going to be at least two more inches further than you were. Right. So a little personal story. I, I ran the KW test with my son, who's 10. He passed the five strength test, and he's lean and fit, and he looks like a really athletic little kid. He's grown up, you know, playing in our gym and everything. And uh, he fell really short in the flexibility test. So just to give everybody a preview, if you don't have any experience with the KW test, Five are strength, one is flexibility. The last one is a really interesting test. That's the flexibility reach. And you stand upright with your feet together, knees straight, and you just roll your spine over towards the floor and see how close you can come to touching the floor. And to be able to pass, you need to touch the floor for three seconds with your fingertips. Not bounce, but just you know barely touch the floor and hold. Well, he was barely below his knees. And he was so tight in his hamstrings that he started to cry. I think he was upset, too, uh, that he didn't pass it. He's very competitive. So what I did is I pulled out the Bonnie Pruden corrective exercises and taught him those. And he, did, he didn't do them every day like he was supposed to, but he did them a few days a week. And within a month, he was touching the floor. And often tight hamstrings are an indication of not enough um, outlet, physical outlet, to balance the emotional stress they're under. Mm-hmm. Reading into Krauss's work, Krauss Weber, Bonnie Pruden's work, the impact of stress on muscle tension, creating pain, comes up over and over and over, decade after decade after decade. Well, you know, in the caveman days, we um, we. we we get grab the guy's meat and or hit him overhead and ran. Right. Uh, so now all we do is turn away and grit our teeth. And then and we just store that tension. Right. Because there's no way to get rid of it. Right. When we should be taking a walk. Right. Instead of gritting our teeth and walking away. And then grumbling in the office. So right. uh, even that thirty to sixty minute uh, workout, if you will, a day is, is only once a day for most people if they get that and then they have all that tension stored up. So getting into Bonnie Pruden's system and Krauss Weber correctives, the real key seems to be doing these little corrective drills throughout the day to restore muscle function relief tension. Right. And Bonnie was always putting together something, a mm-hmm. little one piece of paper that would tell you how to do something. And one of the one of her little tricks was to get people to exercise throughout the day, which is what she said you should do, um, because what you want to do is get rid of the tension before it has time to accumulate in the muscle. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that she did, and she did it herself too, mm-hmm. she was good about doing what she told other people to do. Mm-hmm. Um, she would ha- go into the bathroom in the morning and she'd have a paper cup on each side of the sink. Mm-hmm. And she'd put 10 pennies in one cup. And then she'd decide on three or four exercises that she was going to do when she was in the bathroom. So she would maybe do a deep knee bend, maybe uh, a waist twist, maybe toe rises or something. She'd decide on three or four. 
So she'd go to the bathroom, she'd drink a glass of water, which is going to get you in there in another hour or so. Right. Do her three exercises and put a penny from one cup to the other cup. Mm. So by the end of the day, she'd been in there five or six times. She'd moved her pennies from one cup to the other. She'd done her exercises throughout the day. And whatever pennies were left, she had to do them before she went to bed. (laughs) (laughs) But that was just one way of, of doing something throughout the day. She had some office exercise things that you could do. Mm-hmm. Deep knee bends because the legs are an auxiliary pump for the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, push-ups on your desk, from your desk. You've you got your feet on the floor and you're just doing right. them from the desk. Mm-hmm. Shoulder shrugs, at, sitting at your desk. Just mm-hmm. simple little things. And flexibility bounces because when you sit, your hamstrings get tight. Right. So just simple little things that you could do throughout the day that break it up so that that tension doesn't accumulate in the muscle and you start to hurt. Mm-hmm. I had to rethink a few things uh, after getting into the history of fitness and, and the Krauss Weber because part of their corrective drills are to do some curl-ups. And for a while, people said, oh, you can't do any sit-ups. They're, they're all bad for you. And then I started thinking a few years ago before I ran into Bonnie and her work is that, well, the first thing I do in the morning when I get out of bed is I do some kind of curl-up move. And then I read uh, a post by another guy in the fitness business said, you know, I stopped doing those, and then one day I couldn't do them. And so they're, uh, and then lo and behold, across Weber tests, you have to have a minimum amount of abdominal strength to be able to do that move in order to not have back pain. So we want to be careful what we throw out and really think about why we got rid of it and, and maybe uh, if we can't justify that, bring it back. I think what happened was... Um, they started doing curls because when pe- people were so weak when they're trying to do sit-ups that they strained their necks. Oh. So then they st- didn't want to strain their necks, so then they just did crunches. Mm-hmm. I've had people come in and I say, do you do any abdominal exercise? And they say, oh, yeah, I do 100 crunches. Mm-hmm. They can't do one full sit-up. Really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Because you, you don't use the length of the abdominal right. muscle when you're only doing crunches. Mm-hmm. Right. And the abdominal muscles are long. Right, yeah. And there are three sets of them, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm, that's They're like packing tape. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the corrective, you know, there, there's a difference, too, between doing the corrective exercises to pass the KW test and doing, you know, 500 crunches to get a six-pack. This has nothing to do with um, a cosmetic development, um, strength and power for athletics. It's just trying to give you enough integrity in your postural muscles to go through the day without chronic back pain. And that, that was Krauss's thing. If you had enough strength and flexibility to pass the test, you should not develop chronic back pain. Right. And then you're going to want to do something else because you don't hurt. You feel good. Right. So and then you want to go do something else. And those are the extra levels, and we can get way into and that. The, and the extra things that you can do, you know, play sports or mm-hmm. whatever. Now, Krauss had it figured out. He said if you, if you passed, if you failed one of the abdominal tests, you had about a 50% chance of developing chronic back pain. And then if you failed the flexibility test, you would have 50% chance. Exactly. But if you failed one of the abdominal strength tests and the flexibility test, he said basically you were going to develop chronic you, back pain. You either were going to get back pain or you already had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's a guy, he, he, like I, we've said, he spent decades figuring this stuff out and it's just really interesting, and it's, uh, you know, without Bonnie Pruden, it wouldn't be where it is in our history books. And it, 
it wouldn't have the place um, today to come back to. So Krauss did it, definitely did his part, but yeah, Bonnie he, did a lot too. He did it in his office, and Bonnie did it in the whole world. Yeah, and with the thousands of kids. And, and thousands of kids and millions of people. So to kind of bring the show to a close, um, how I got directly tied in with Bonnie Pruden, uh, well, first I, I learned about her by studying Dr. Hans Kraus, but then I was online and I realized that you guys had a, a Bonnie Pruden Institute. And so uh, Bonnie died a couple of years ago, but you're continuing her work and now you offer workshops. At one point you actually had a school mm-hmm. where you trained myotherapists. Uh, it was a pretty intensive school. But you're doing workshops now for the public, which uh, we should probably mention briefly. Um, you know, when you were on the road with Bonnie for 40 years, you guys went all over the country and beyond doing workshops. And you told me some of those workshops were five days long. Right. And all kinds of people came to them. We used to hire a college for this for, for a week in the summer. Mm-hmm. And we would have a fitness workshop and a myotherapy workshop. And the fitness workshop was made up of... Anybody could come if they were five and over. So we had kids and we had everybody up into their 80s. And some people had cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. Some people had MS. Some people were blind, but they were all there. Wow, that's great. And they all great. had a wonderful time mm-hmm. for five days. Mm-hmm. And then the myotherapy part of the workshop, what they would do is they would have a treatment every day. They would have aqua exercise. They would have corrective exercise. And they would have like a study group with Bonnie. Mm-hmm. So um, at the end of the five days, they were all feeling pretty good, and they all knew what to do to continue feeling good. The fitness people were all jazzed up and ready to go home and <laughs> yeah. continue their fun lives. Mm-hmm. And you would have, you said over 200 people would show up for those, two, 300 people yeah. in mm-hmm. five days straight. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you did those for years? We did them for years. We, yeah. did, um, we did them in the east in Massachusetts at Amherst and Springfield College and, and um, Alfred College in New York. And then we did them in um, Rockford, Illinois and somewhere in Colorado. And the KW, the KW test and the correctives were, were woven into all oh, yeah. that. Yeah. If you read about Bonnie Pruden and her work, she's got the KW test in just about everything. And she was a real firm believer that this was a foundational test people should be able to do. And she didn't want them to have back pain. So it really is a big part of her work. And You, you can start with a six-month-old baby and give them a version of the Krauss-Weber test. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because my, uh, my grandson is a little over a year old. Mm-hmm. So, might have to see what he can do. <laughs> Better. <laughs> That's right, and the, on the baby exercises too. So uh, I came over here personally in November. I did your quick fix myotherapy workshop, which started on a Friday, went through Sunday at noon, and part of that was learning the KW test, the right. corrective exercises, mm-hmm. Bonnie Pruden's system of um, exercise to music, and how to use the four to eight count beat. Um, with music, which is really interesting. If you haven't been exposed to that, it's it's classically cool. And um, you have another one coming up in March. How do people get a hold of you in the Bonnie Pruden Institute? Yeah, we have it. Um, it's March 21, 22, and 23, and they just can go to our website, which is bonniepruden.com. They can sign up there, um, ask questions, look at our videos that are there, look at all our products, and... Um, Email us with any questions they might have. Yeah, their books, DVDs, uh, training workshops, a few more things in development as um, things come back up to speed after Bonnie passed a couple years ago. 
And I highly recommend the workshop. I had a lot of fun. My wife's registered to come back in March. And whether you're a massage therapist, a fitness trainer, athletic trainer, just a, a person from the general public that wants to help yourself and your family, it's a great experience, a nice mix of people. Small group. It's not going to be huge where you're going to get lost in the crowd. They're going to know where to find you and work with you yeah, hands-on. We don't on. take more than 30 people, and we usually try to keep it no more than 24. Mm-hmm. Which is a nice size group. You've got enough people to work with, and you can change partners a little bit and um, And it works for your family out. dog, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, because Bonnie was a big animal person. Yeah. And did some uh, trigger point release with her dog. As Bonnie used to say, keep fit, be happy. You've been listening to the Lean Braze radio show at thelanebraze.com. Music today provided by Henry Mancini. Until next time, keep moving for a noble purpose. And as Bonnie Pruden always said, keep fit, be happy.